everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes Podcast. I am very excited today. I'm having my first male guest on the podcast. And those of you who have listened in know that um, I have conversations here with people who have said yes to a greater calling in their lives, people who are living with passion and purpose and making a difference in the world. Last week, I talked to my friend Rachel Phillips, and she explained how anxiety has really been gripping her since she was a little girl and what God has done through that process to transform her. And when we have anxiety, it affects everyone around us, including our husbands and children and family. And Josh is Rachel's husband. And so this week, he is telling his side of the story as far as how it feels to be married to and to love somebody who is suffering from anxiety. And I am just thrilled that he's willing to share his story with us Because here's the thing, there are so many good men that really want to love their wives well and haven't figured out, you know, they're not born knowing how to treat us. (laughs) And especially when we have things going on with us, like anxiety, they don't always know how to handle that, right? And so I just love bringing a story to you of a couple that's really worked this out and really leaned into God in the process. And I just want to celebrate that. I want to celebrate marriage. Not that it's like this easy thing all the time, right? Or that it's all, you know, rainbows and unicorns, but that it's real and it's messy and we need to grow. And I truly believe that marriage is the place where God really uh, works things out in us, right? And so I'm grateful to Josh. I'm excited to share his story with you. And again, super grateful to Rachel. Uh, A lot of people have reached out and said that that podcast really helped them. And um, it's just good to know you're not alone. So this one's for the men. Men, you're not alone. If you're um, just loving your wife well and and trying to figure out what to do and doing your best and leaning into God when you don't know what to do, then uh, you're on the right track. And I just want to say we appreciate you and we love you. And God is for these healthy marriages that support each other and love each other well through even the hard times. So here's Josh. Enjoy. All right. Hi, Josh. How are you? I'm good, Sue. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being willing to come on and tell your story. Oh, you're welcome. I'm excited about this and nervous at the same time. This is uh, the first time speaking publicly about uh, some of the parts of our story. So kind of nervous about it yeah uh, that'll probably become more apparent why as I as I start telling some of it but this is uh uh this is exciting for me awesome well I'm so excited to have you and as I said in the intro for all the people that are listening Josh Phillips is Rachel Phillips husband and Rachel was on the podcast last week talking about how anxiety has really just affected her for much of her life and so Josh how long have you and Rachel been married we have been married for 16 years, and uh, we ours was an interesting one. We uh, met and were married 14 months later. Wow. We had a long-distance relationship, and I think we saw each other eight times before we got married. Really? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So, so it was, uh, it started off with the bang. <laughs> okay. So when you were dating then, because 
if you hadn't seen her that much, did you know before you got married that she suffered from anxiety? No, I did not. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, a lot of times women uh, feel like they get tricked. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly Rachel felt that way with me as I worked very hard to win her heart. Um, uh, the, the, the day that I saw her, the first time that I saw her, I was going through a very dark time in my own life. And I saw her and it's like time froze. And I said, well, God, I need to get my life together with you and marry her. Oh, I love and that. so I pursued her uh, and I won her heart and she felt like I tricked her. <laughs> oh. Then I moved on. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I was tricked because then I was like, wait a minute, who is this person? Uh, I didn't realize I was marrying a crazy woman. Oh, stop. Um, <laughs> and of course, uh, as you know, that was, that's not helpful language to use, especially with someone who struggles with anxiety. Yeah, she mentioned and that. So... She mentioned that in her call. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So yep, you guys so... got married. And then when, like, how long after you got married did you did you find out that she was affected by this? Like, when did it come up to be um, an issue? Oh, goodness. Um, it, uh, I, I didn't really know what I was dealing with, honestly, until about 13 years into marriage. Okay. Um, so it, it was definitely a um, process of not understanding what was going on. I think Rachel didn't understand what was going on. Right. And, right. and so there was a, a, a progression with her. Uh, before we were married, I, I, you know, I would hear uh, the old stories of Rachel's just the happy-go-lucky one. And, um, and she would even tell me in her moments of uh, frustration at me, uh, you know, you're the one that's making me like this. Mm. Um, you know, I, I was always happy and I was always fine. And, um, and then, you know, I get married to you and now, you know, you're making me angry. I never would get angry before. And so I think, you know, just for, for her, it was a a process of learning more about herself. And I think marriage, you know, exacerbates brought out the worst. (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. It brought, it brought out the worst in both of us. And uh, so we spent 13 years of marriage being um, pretty rough most of the time. So then what, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but when, so 13 years and then what? Like what happened? Did it all come to a head? It did. Um, So after 13 years, um, Rachel had been, um, had been, fearing uh the, the, her anxiety of course I'm, I'm i'm able to look back now on it and have a greater and have an understanding of what was happening through those 13 years right um but basically rachel um you know really was pushing me away in some ways um and and she had these fears and anxieties of what uh, basically a fear of abandonment was ultimately what it boiled down to. Yeah. And again, for those 13 years, I didn't understand that that's what was happening. I didn't understand these fears. I didn't even understand that there were real fears to me. It was snap out of it. 
Right. You know, you're depressed. Why are you depressed? Just get, it's okay. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I get depressed, but I snap out of it in a day. Right. Um, you know, so why are you being like this? You're being crazy. You're, you know, you know, go read your Bible. You know, Ooh. these are things that I would say to her. That's a tough uh, go one. Go have a quiet time. Yeah. Yeah. Go have a quiet time and, you know, and, and stop being crazy and all of this. And so, you know, she's through the first 13 years of marriage and in certain ways, she's kind of pushing me away. And so I just kind of went through a progression where the first five years of marriage, I was very um, dogmatic, um, very, uh, you know, uh, let's, let's, you need to go have a quiet time or we're going to sit here and we're going to read about how you're overreacting in the Bible and very preachy and okay, can um, I, very trying to be. Can I interrupt yeah, you real quick? So when you say preachy and dogmatic, so you grew up in church, right? Like I think she mentioned your dad, is yeah. your dad a pastor? My dad has been a pastor my entire life. Okay. So, so I, my, my parents have written books on parenting. I'm the oldest of seven kids. Uh, so, yes, I very much came from the uh, perspective of um, uh, I, I knew uh, how, to, how to do this. And, or, or whatever I didn't know, I was going to be a good leader. Yeah. One way I was going to figure this thing out. And, again, that wasn't because my parents raised me to be that way, but there was an arrogant, um, you know, side of me that uh that that's not just about marriage but about everything in life a confidence that i can do this i can figure this out and so yeah very those first five years were were definitely uh, uh, uh about my ability to learn how to lead and do what it takes to be a good leader the way we can oftentimes think of leaders in relationship to church well, and I think men in general, so there's the church piece, but then there's the men in general. I think, you know, you're just wired to want to fix things and make it better. Like that's, exactly. that's a positive thing, but it's also sometimes when you can't make it better, it becomes um, difficult, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So what, and how, so in these first years, like how was the anxiety manifesting like what were you seeing like from your perspective because I've gone through anxiety as well and I think it's really interesting that you're and I'm so grateful that you're willing to share your story like what does it look like from a man's point of view when the woman he loves is suffering from anxiety like what are you seeing uh, again I, I, I'm not seeing anxiety because I didn't know oh, right. I wasn't looking mm -hmm. so I don't see anxiety I see anger Okay. I see overreactions. Okay. Um, I see unreasonable expectations. Mm. And, and so, and, and all of these, all these fears and anxieties that are going on inside of her, the way they're being manifested is she's attacking me. Yeah. Sometimes for things very legitimate and sometimes for things that don't make any sense to me. So I'm looking at it and going, you don't make sense to me. Yeah. Why? are you responding this way? Because I, on a Saturday want to go play football with a buddy of mine for two hours. Right. So then why, when I get home, is there a hole in the wall above where my head lies on the pillow in bed? Right. That doesn't make sense to me. That's an overreaction. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not looking at it and seeing and trying to really understand her and trying to say, okay, there's, that's not what this is about. So 
I'm taking things personally. And that's what the first 13 years of marriage were, were me taking everything personally. Okay. And so then there was a transition after five years where I realized after five years, you know what, I, this way of trying to be a, a leader, the way that I, as a 20 through 25 year old, we were young mm-hmm. um, when we got married. And I, I was tw- actually, I was 22 uh, when we got married. So 22 two through 27. So I'm very young, but I think I know everything. Yeah. And so I'm <laughs> so, but then I realized after five years, well, this isn't working. And so then I kind of went through a phase of for the next five years where okay, that's not working. So I kind of, instead of getting angry, which is how every argument would go, she would, in my mind, she would overreact to something yeah. and get angry. And then I would react to her reaction. Yeah. And, and it would literally be like these, you know, these very, um, I mean, we were, we were two, we were going at it yeah. um, verbally. Mm-hmm. And so then for the next five years, I was like, okay, well, this is not working and I need to not be so angry. And so it kind of gave way to like this sarcastic response. The, the, most of my responses would become very sarcastic. Okay. And so I wouldn't get angry and I wouldn't rise my voice to her level, but I wasn't also <laughs> trying to understand her either. Right. It was a way for me to make her feel even worse, really, yeah. about what was going on and respond in these very sarcastic ways. But again, same thing. I don't know what's going on. I'm not, I don't see anxiety. I see reactions that don't make any sense. Right. And did you know what was going on with you at the time? Like right now it's, is, is it because you're looking back, you can say, oh, and then I became sarcastic. But at the time you weren't like, were you aware of how you were acting too? No. Okay. Yeah. No. The, all of this, uh, when, we, when we get to the 13 year mark in the story, yeah. <laughs> um, is, is that's when... <laughs> That's when it all comes together. And okay. so just to kind of uh, move ahead a little yeah. bit. So then for the next three years, so from ten, year 10 to year 13, is when I kind of entered into the um, uh, I, I will never win phase. Okay. And really the first time in my life that I gave into defeat. Mm. Um, and I... I'm, I am the type of person that I've started several businesses. I'm very much a uh, pursue something and, and achieve it um, or not achieve it. Sometimes um, I do struggle with my own depression, okay. uh, which I wouldn't have really realized until again, I, I got to the 13 year mark and things got to where I found out I needed to get some help. But so, so, you know, but I've kind of just always been that if, if I get the presses for a short amount of time, because I can quickly find something else to throw myself into yeah. and something else to pursue and some other goal to try to achieve. Yes. And so, so year 10 through 13 for the first time in my life, I'm kind of starting to just be defeated mm. and allow myself to get beat down again, not seeing what's going on with Rachel as being fear and anxiety, but still seeing it as, as you're overreacting and, and, and kind of like a self pity, um, you know, you're beating me up for nothing and really allowed myself. That was really when for those three years that I just allowed myself to start to, to look back and say, okay, when I saw her and it was clear the Mm -hmm. day that I met her, that God said, you're going to marry this woman. And I needed that. 
I needed that for our marriage because there were so many times that I needed to remember how clear God had said, you're going to marry her. But starting in year 10 and through 10 through 13, that started to really get tested. And so basically what happened was um, that our relationship had gotten to a place where I, I, I was not getting things from her that, you know, I wanted to get as far as that affirmation for who I was as a man, you know, we had kids at that point and, you know, that affirmation of you're a good father and I wasn't getting these types of things from her. So were you both just kind of withholding uh, love from each other? Like you weren't saying nice things to each other or were there moments that you had that were really great or was it all just kind of a nightmare? (laughs) uh, No, there were moments. it, It was very much a, very up and down. So there were definitely moments where things, um, you know, I've now learned that there are some patterns with Rachel, Mm -hmm. um, as far as kind of her, she has some emotional patterns. Yeah. And so, you know, so there, there's patterns were definitely there, but definitely starting at about year 10, um, we, we started to experience the highs less frequently of marriage. Yeah. And, and fortunately, the physical part of our relationship is kind of kept us together, I think, for a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was one of the parts of our relationship that was really, uh, really good. And even years 10 to 13 um, would have remained strong to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, so, but it was more, it got to the point where that wasn't enough for me. Uh-huh. It, I, I needed to hear that I was a good provider. Yeah. That I was a that I was a hard worker, mm-hmm. that I loved our kids. Yeah. And it was that type of affirmation that I just started to hear a lot less of. Mm-hmm. And ultimately culminated in, uh, in Rachel finding some messages on my phone that no wife should ever have to find. Okay. And so that was the, it gave Rachel what she had wanted mm. for yeah. a while which was her way out. Yeah. And um, so in uh, 2013, at the end of 2013, she packed the kids up and she left. Wow. And um, she went to uh, El Paso, her hometown. At at that time, we lived in Orlando, Florida, uh, where we live today. And uh, she said, you can, you can come visit your kids in El Paso if you ever want to see them. That's how uh, So that was the, when I realized I needed to get help. Mm-hmm. I, I had failed. I really had failed. Yeah. And, um, and so I got in touch with a Christian counseling organization. And it's at that point that I realized <clears throat> through the help of a counselor, what was actually going on. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you say that because I think it's hard for people to ask for help, you know, and I think we need, we need help. (laughs) Um, you know, and, and it takes (laughs) an, right. It takes an out, we all need, I mean, it takes an outside perspective sometimes to show us what's right in front of our face. I know for me, that's been true as well. So, um, okay. So you went to the counselor and then that, started helping you. And then how long was it before you were able to say, Hey, or get it, you know, get back together and, and, and work together on your marriage. 
Well, it, it took about six weeks. Um, and really, uh, when, when I originally went to the counselor, it was, um, it, I knew that I needed help. Um, because like I said, I grew up a pastor's son. I, I knew I had been wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, w- what was going on. I mean, I had been caught. Yeah. Um, and, and so I knew that I, I knew that I needed to get help, but my heart wasn't in, uh, I was still at a, and for me, I was very much relieved to some degree mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. you know, well, I've, I've been putting up with a lot. Yeah. And, and so, you know, so there was a side of me that was, yes, this is the right thing to do to go get help. Um, but also I don't really know what I want. Do I want the, this marriage to, you know, what would be best for my kids? Do my kids, should they be in this type of, of toxic relationship that a relationship that can be very toxic at times? Right. And so it was really through the help of the psychologist that, um, I began meeting with, um, that I began, he actually had me read a book, um, uh, called stop walking on eggshells. And, um, and so it's a, and he said, just read the first three chapters. It's a secular book. Um, but he heard my story. We taught, I actually flew up to Pennsylvania to talk with him and, uh, and spend a weekend with him in a, what they call an intensive counseling uh, session. Yeah. And so we spent 16 hours, I uh, know 24 hours over three days. And after that, and hearing my whole story from beginning to end, including all about my childhood, things I hadn't thought about in years. I mean, he's asking all kinds of questions. I'm like, all right, this is like psychobabble stuff, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I think traditionally, you're like asking me about my emotions. Yeah. Well, and I think traditionally men don't, I mean, it's harder for men, I think, to, dig deep like that, like to go into all of, I don't know. I think women are just more, uh, and maybe that's an overgeneralization, but like we're used to talking about all our feelings and every single emotional detail. Well, for me, it was, uh, yeah, Yeah. for me, it was definitely like, okay, why are you asking me these questions? Yeah, You're asking me stuff about when I was a teenager Yeah, and, and about growing up and the way I, you know, I was raised and, dynamics with my siblings growing up and like all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, where is this going? Right. And so, but ultimately what, where it, when he had me read the book and I read the first three chapters and then I looked at what I had learned about myself Mm -hmm. and then I'm reading the book and going, Oh my goodness, somebody has been watching my marriage and writing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like you realize you're not the only one. (laughs) Exactly. And, and so I'm looking at it going, okay, my wife has some, I'm reading this and, and say, and realizing my wife has some unique challenges that I have been completely oblivious to. Yeah. And now, now God brings to her the worst person in the world. Like how, how in God's plan could he have decided that someone with some unique struggles and some unique challenges, like what Rachel has, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to bring along this guy that has no clue how to deal with somebody like that and has a personality that is built completely. It'll never work. It'll never work together. Yeah. 
she, she, I'm the type of person that is completely opposite of what she needs. I'm, I'm, I'm about business and pursuing goals and going after, you know, the next pursuit and the next objective and task list and right. all of these things. And my wife is someone who needs, she's someone who needs someone who's going to understand her as the unique person that God's made her to be. Well, maybe it wasn't and you I'm for her, or maybe it was her for you. Well, that's, <laughs> right? and that's what I've learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I've learned is that, is that God gave me, uh, God gave me someone that I needed as much as she needed me. And, yeah. and I also learned that I was going to have to spend the next three years, which is what the last three years have been completely learning how to allow God to completely change who I was. Yeah. I want to hear about that. And that <laughs> has been hard. That, that is has hard. been hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's been, um, you know, learning how to um, live with your wife in an understanding way um, means something completely different to me today than it did even three years ago. It means something different than it did a year ago. Yeah. Um, so but tell to me, look over the last 16 years. Yeah. So, tell me how you life. did that. Like how, what does the rebuilding look like? Well, initially it was huge things. Um, initially, uh, it was, it required that I make major changes. I, I had to, well, I had spent a lot, the previous seven years building a, an IT company and I started my own company and it built it up to a fairly successful IT company. And, um, and so there were some conditions for getting back together. Yeah. Um, and so I walked away from that. I turned that business over to my brother. Uh, I basically went AWOL for a couple of months and the business suffered greatly because of it. Uh, as I flew out to El Paso and spent time there and was gone getting counseling and everything else that was going on. I mean, my world was shattered. And, and, and once I, once I read the book and once I started getting my counseling and realizing what, what I, who Rachel was and, and, and starting or, or starting to learn yeah. about who Rachel was and her unique challenges. There was a huge, I felt incredible compassion for her and phenomenal guilt for who I had been for 13 years. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, what does it take? I got to make this right. Now the fixture comes out. Mm-hmm. I got to fix this. I, I have really, really, really messed this up. And so, so I walked away from the business. Uh, we left my dad's church. Um, we basically went into a season where I had to prove to her that she was the most important thing to me Mm -hmm. and that my family wasn't more important. My business wasn't more important. Mm -hmm. Helping my dad build a church wasn't more important that, she was absolutely the most important thing to me. And that was, I look back on that now, three years later and go, eh, that shouldn't have been as hard as it was. Yeah. There, there, there was some, there were some band-aids that had been on there for a long time that needed to get ripped off and they, and it was painful when it happened. Yeah. Um, but they, it probably shouldn't have been as hard as it was, but at the time, Oh my goodness, it was, it was painful, but, the fixer was, was stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was more determined to fix the problem. And so I was willing to do whatever it took. But even that got challenged because 
as I, as I start to work on that and she decides, okay, you know, I'm willing to give this another shot. And she comes back to, to Orlando and, and we start making all of these changes. And then we go through the next 15 months of, she begins getting counseling as well. And fortunately my, my counselor, um, uh, his wife was also a, a, a counselor. And so she, so it was a great oh, uh, you know, thing where she was able to get help from his wife. And so, um, and they're, they're professional counselors and, you know, it was expensive. Yeah. People have uh, come to me since then and said, you know, they were going through difficult times and, you know, well, counseling is so expensive. I was like, well, <laughs> put a price on your marriage. Yes. Um, you know, yeah. and so we've incurred debt. I mean, that's been a, a source of anxiety for me over the last few years. I've dealt more with anxiety over the last three years than I'd spent, I've dealt with anxiety my whole entire life before. Yeah. And, and so, you know, so we go through the next 15 months and that's when I kind of started to notice the patterns mm-hmm. and I start to notice, okay, there's like this three month pattern and it's up and down and, the, and, and there's these, these highs, at, you know, every month and a half and then back into a low. And so every three months was a low and I, I start to kind of pick up on that. And then I start to try to, you know, prepare for it. Okay. We're kind of, I'm seeing, I know that a low time is coming and I'm, again, I'm, a, I'm applying my fix it mentality and, I'm, I'm really being really uh, astute and really watching and trying to understand. Yeah. And so, okay, cool. I figured out this little pattern. Well, about 15 months into the counseling, that uh, we had another situation where she, she kind of lost it and, and, and kind of went after me about something that seemed unreasonable. Right. And that it was at that point, it was really the first time I was close at the 13 year mark. But at, the, at 15 months into the counseling is the first time that I actually decided we need to separate. Hmm. And I, I didn't know that it necessarily meant divorce, but we certainly needed to separate and figure this thing out. Because what I noticed was is that I had seen for a while in my kids that they would kind of take Rachel's pulse on certain things. Mm-hmm. Like they would kind of, okay, what kind of day is it going to be for mommy? Yeah. And I started noticing, especially with my son, who was nine years old at the time, um, he was taking my pulse every day. Mm. And he would he would say, because I would never with the kids, I would never blame what Rachel and I were going through. Because even when we started getting counseling, there were challenges. Yeah. It wasn't like, OK, well, 13 months and then we decided to get back together and everything's fine. No, far from it. I had a lot of I had a lot of making up to do. Yeah. as far as learning about her. And, and so I, I started noticing every day, my son would be asking me, daddy, how, how are you doing today? Daddy, I hope you have a good day at work. I would always blame my emotional kind of ups and downs on work and never blame it on, on our relationship. Yeah. And so he would say, daddy, I'll be praying for you today at work. I hope oh. today goes good for you at work. Oh, what a sweetheart. And so, <laughs> so then I'm like, wait, my kids. And I realized, I've entered into Rachel's cycle. Mm-hmm. I've entered into her pattern. Yeah. I'm up when she's up and I'm down when she's down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm doing a, I'm doing a good job of like trying to understand her, but in an effort to understand her, I'm just entering into those patterns with her. Yeah. And, and so I started to go through these emotional patterns as well. And then, and then when the day came that she went after me about something that I 
didn't understand why she was going after me. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm trying to understand you. I'm spending all this money on counseling. I'm, I'm, I've walked away from my dad's church. I hardly talk to my family anymore. Yeah. You know, I've walked away from my business. Why are you treating me like this? What else can I do to prove to you that you are the most important person to me? Right. What was, and the, what I was met her with my answer? Counselor. Like, did she ever have an answer for you? Like, was she ever? No, no, no. No, it was, it was, well, she had answers, Yeah. but her, her answers were stop being like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, stop being like what? You're not being, it, it was always something in my mind that was so petty. Right. So with this particular situation, it was, uh, it, that, that was, it. I had started to get into training for American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. And so, and so with this particular situation that happened, there was a, a picture that was taken by a girl and it showed up on her Instagram and it was me rock climbing. Okay. And, and so the, you know, and so I'm like, baby, I'm rock climbing. It's me and four other people. It's me and three other guys that she just took a random picture of. It's not like I was carrying her and holding her, had my arms around her. Right. We're just at the rock climbing gym. So why are you reacting this way? Right. And so I'm learning about the fear and anxiety, but of course, now I look back on that and go, well, that was a major source of fear and anxiety. Yeah. 15 months prior to that, she had found text messages. Yeah. So, so now it makes sense, but at the time I'm still taking everything personally and I'm thinking you, you should be looking at all the hard work that yes. I put into this over the last 15 months. Yeah. And, and you're not, you're not giving me any credit for the last 15 months. You're looking at the previous 13 years yeah. <laughs> and that's unreasonable to me in my, in my guy's mind. Yeah. And so I said, okay, that's it. And, and, and my counselor, I met with my counselor and I told him, I said, I, I said, I'm done. I said, this is toxic. Mm-hmm. When I saw the effect that it was having on my kids yeah. and I saw that they, that I was simply all of my hard work, all I really was doing had, was entering in, to her patterns. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, Josh, um, he, he, he used an illustration that I won't go into the details of, but it was from a TV show and it made all the sense to me because okay. I watched the TV show. <laughs> but basically um, it was, uh, you have got to kill the boy inside you. Huh. Wow. And I knew wow. what he meant by that from mm-hmm. within the context. And, but basically uh, it was that there's a, there's a boy there's a boy that needs these things from your wife and you feel controlled by her. You feel like she's trying to control your life. It's only control if you let it feel that way, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you have got to stop being afraid of her emotions. Yeah. And, and, and the more I had learned about her emotions, I hadn't grown in what the first five years of marriage, I wasn't afraid of her emotions. Bring it on. I can take this. Right. Well, then the next five years, I'm still not afraid of her emotions. I'm just like, uh, I'm just sarcastic. And okay, yeah, I can do your thing. Yell at me, be yeah. upset at me, whatever. And then the next, the next three years, now I'm starting to like, okay, these emotions hurt. Right. This kind of hurts. You're beating me up here. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm, now I'm, we've, we've, we've started to work on the marriage. And, but there's still from year 10 until now, you know, year 14 and a half or so. I've now spent quite a few years of being afraid of how these emotions make me feel. And I've started to explore those feelings through counseling. Yeah. And so 
Now it's like, oh man, this hurts. Mm-hmm. The way I'm being treated hurts, but but there's it it hurts because it's a there, there's a little boy in there that's allowing it to feel hurt, and it was at that moment that I realized what leadership looks like is when Rachel is is responding in a way that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. When she's upset at me for something that doesn't make any sense to me, she doesn't want me to turn my back and walk away. She doesn't want me to yell back. What she actually wants in those times is for me to draw closer and to show her that it doesn't matter that her emotions aren't going to push me away, Mm. that her fear of being abandoned by me is not, I will never let that happen. And so when she's going after me and she's trying to control her environment and a way that she can control her environment is by controlling when I leave, because ultimately that's her fear that I will abandon her. So she wants me to abandon her on her own terms. Yes. But what she wants me to do is say, no, I will never abandon you. Yep. And so a couple, a couple of weeks after that, after that counseling session, and I realized I needed to kill that boy, I had an opportunity and she was upset and she went and we got into a, a fight and she went up into the bathroom and she's pretending like she's doing her makeup or doing something up in the bathroom. I can't remember. She's in front of the mirror. And I said, okay, this is my chance. And I wedged myself in between her and, and, and the sink. Mm-hmm. And I said, baby, your emotions do not scare me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going anywhere. I am not going anywhere. Awesome. Yeah. And she, and she, and she w- turned and she walked away and she went over. We had at the time, we lived in a house that had two uh, uh, sinks in the bathroom, the master bathroom. She walked over to the other one and starts pretending like she's doing something. And I walk back over and I say, baby, these emotions do not scare me. And I am not going anywhere. And she just lost it. Yeah. She broke down. She started crying. She put her hand, arms, her arms around me. She just started sobbing. Yeah. That's awesome. And that was, that was the turning point. That was the turning point. And it, God, it took me 14 and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> so here's my question for you, because I love that. And I love how you grew in that and how, um, you took action, you know, cause you know, it's hard to be the one who says, you know, like you could have kept up the cold shoulder or the inappropriate, like fighting or whatever, but you didn't, you, in a way you saying that was, yes, it was being a leader, but it's also like a surrender of like, Hey, you know what? We're calling a truce on this. Like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Right? Like, so yeah. that's so brave. But yet throughout your whole story, there's this thread of shame about the way you had behaved. Do you yeah. see that like guilt or shame or, yeah. Oh. So my question for you, though, is have you forgiven yourself? Oh, I think I I, I think I had to. Um, It it was it's it's I think it's been kind of a it's been a process. Yeah. um, As far as, you know, really understanding how I have hurt Rachel, how I've treated her through our whole marriage and how destructive that has been looking back on it now and going, wow, now that I have a better understanding of what she's going through and I'm still learning more and more about her all the time. She's still learning about herself. 
Yeah. And, you know, and, th- and this, pr- this journey that we're on together that we're going to be on for a long time. And it's rough right now. It's really rough right now. I mean, she's just gone through the most challenging time of this journey for herself personally. Yeah. I had to take two months off of work from in November and December. We had yeah. to move out of our house and move in with my parents. So yes. we could, you know, cause she's, she's just gone through a very challenging time. So it's not uh, like everything's great, but I've, I've definitely had to learn that I, I can only help her if I'm doing well. Yeah. And if I'm doing things like killing the bully inside of me, yeah. if, if I'm pursuing her and I can't do those things, if I'm walking around with this guilt yeah. yeah, it's right for me to feel guilty over who I was. It's right for me to look back on the 13 years and, and, and see how unhelpful and uh, unloving a husband that I was. It's, it is good for me to be able to recognize that. That's important. But if I live in that guilt, if I, if I, if I stay there, then I can never help Rachel. That's right. And, and you know, because of your faith, I mean— it says in scripture, there is no condemnation in Christ, right? So like you, you, he gets to show you what you're doing. He gets to come into your life and, and work with you on your heart and on your past and on your present and how you're behaving and all of that. And he can transform you through that. And then, and then that's gone. Like he's doing a new thing, right? So I love that. Like you can let that go. You learn from it. Yes. And you grow out of it. And, but now you're doing this new thing that's beautiful and that's more understanding and all of that. And so I wanted to ask that because I think that's a really important thing for people, men and women, just that they shouldn't carry around that burden. You know, Christ sets them free from that and wants to do a new thing in their lives. And so there's freedom in that, you know, it's hard though. But yeah, right. And and for me, I had to learn that. Yes, well, what I what I tell you know people when I, you know, like I said before, it's the first time I'm kind of talking about it. Some of these elements of the story publicly, uh, uh, and but I've had private conversations with people, and I'm I, I'm very open in general with people about our story. And what I've told people is that yeah, um, I'm married to someone who's uh, got some unique struggles and challenges. But I'm the crazy one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm the one that lived for 13 years and had no idea when it was staring me in the face, yeah. had no idea what I was dealing with. Yeah. And so there's a, definitely a, a, I go through times where I'm tempted to, to the, just the guilt and, and the condemnation for that, even to, the, even to this day. Yeah. You know, I look, there's times when I look back on that and go, goodness, especially when I see Rachel going through a challenging time. Yeah. And, and I, and I watch her walk through what she's walked through over the last couple of months and think, Oh my goodness. Like I contributed to this. Well, <sighs> and I think it's hard. It's hard well, to watch. And I'm sure on her side, there's some of that for her as well. Right. Because we have to look at, I mean, a marriage is two people both participating in, right. It's not like one's perfect right. and the other one isn't, you know? So, um, but I just love that story. Now, I want to, um, I, so the counseling was a major help to you both, which is awesome. I love that. And yeah. God plays a part in this, right? So where would you say that God has, like, 
as a couple now, like how do you how do you stay in a good place? I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm I'm trying to get to like spiritually. Where are you? Like, do you? Yeah. Yeah. How well, do you stay there. Well, for us, I mean, it's 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 continuing to learn to it's 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 not fighting over the narrative. Yeah. And we spent so much time fighting over the narrative, even whether it was before we started getting counseling or even when we would be in counseling sessions. But this constant fight over who gets to tell the story, whose story is the right story. Mm-hmm. And you see it everywhere. You see it in marriage. You see it in yeah. politics. You see it everywhere, right? You yeah. talk to two different people about the same exact thing and you get two different stories. Yeah. And, and so when we fight over the story, we're not trying to understand each other. Yeah. We're, we're fighting, we're, we're, we're fighting to, to, for who gets to tell the story. And, and so it's, it's just a constant process of learning to not do that. Yeah. It's, you can't understand what someone is going through if you're fighting with them over how to tell the story. Yeah, that's interesting. And so for me, you know, it's, it's about, I have to be more concerned about Rachel and what she's feeling I have to have a better understanding of her emotions. I have to take her emotions seriously. I have to do all kinds of things that come very unnatural to me. Yeah. Things that, you know, getting in touch with her emotions, asking her questions about how she feels about something, taking those, when she tells me how she feels about something, taking that seriously and not dismissing it as, well, that's just an emotional response, a typical woman emotional response. Right. No, the, the, I, I, her, what Rachel's going through emotionally is oftentimes the most important thing because it's how I can actually get in and see and get close to what's going on inside her heart. Yeah. And so now it's like when Rachel comes to me and tells me something vulnerable, when she comes to me and tells me I'm really struggling with fear and anxiety about this and, and what she says might be like, Oh my goodness, seriously. I'm, you know, maybe that thought crosses my mind. Well, that's a completely irrational fear. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. You know, in my guy's mind. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I, even, I don't even think sometimes it's not a guy and girl thing. I mean, we, we've talked with plenty of people who the guy is the emotional one that has, you know, uh, you know, fears that some would say don't make any sense. And the girl is like, okay, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I think sometimes we get caught up in the stereotypes a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, but learning that when she comes to me with something vulnerable, that's a very good thing. Yeah. That's not something for me. I have to protect that. Mm, I have amen. to cherish that. Yeah. I can't, I can't do things that are going to push that away because that vulnerability, when she comes to me and says, I'm struggling with fear, I'm struggling with anxiety, I'm struggling with wanting to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. You know, when she's coming to me with those things, I have to protect that, not, not shove it away and say, you're being crazy. Right. Or you're not making any sense or snap out of it. Right. No, baby, tell me about that. Help me understand why you're feeling that way. Talk to me about that. I'm so sorry you're going through that. Yeah. I've had to completely change and I'm still learning how to completely change my vocabulary, mm-hmm. my, my disposition towards her emotions, my uh, ability to, to draw out of her even more than what she would maybe even share initially. Yeah. You know, these are all things that I'm still every day learning more how to do and get more skilled at because it's, 
It's how God has called me. It's what God's called me to. Yes. I, 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 he's called me to something very, very different than what I thought he had called me to. Amen. Isn't that the truth? Like, and then you realize, oh, like this is so much bigger than just me getting what I want or me having set my goal to reach. And I, I know you're a goal setter because of the whole American Ninja Warrior thing, which I think is amazing. And we played the video or put the video when Rachel was on the show. So we'll um, link that up again because I think that's so cool. Do you know, you don't know yet when you're going to be on there, do you? No. So we were, I was on, we were on last year and that was kind of the first time. I mean, talk about vulnerable, uh, having your, crying in front of 7 million people on national television as a guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I never would have saw, seen myself doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got to tell a little bit of the story uh, then, and that aired last year. And so, uh, but every year you got to submit a new video and see if you get picked. The video and, uh, is so amazing. So we'll find out in March. Yeah, you guys did. <laughs> well, thank it was you. beautiful the way that you were with each other, just talking to each other and supporting each other and mm. uh, getting teary. Yeah, mm. it was it was so authentic and real, and I love that. Mm. Um, what, okay, so we have to kind of wrap it up, but I do want to ask you just what advice would you give to a man who might be married to or in love with a woman who suffers from anxiety? Like what's your, I mean, everyone's unique, I know, but I mean, you've yeah. said so many good things in this conversation, but is there anything that you would want to say just to kind of help them? I think... You know, oftentimes I think in terms of um, what would I want to go back and tell myself? Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I think that I would want to go back and, and grab that 22-year-old and, and tell him the most important thing that you can do in marriage is not lead your wife, but learn from your wife. Mm. And I think I have learned, uh, I have learned more from Rachel than I've probably learned from any other person. And I am a completely different person in so many ways, not just, um, not just in, in how I relate to her as a husband, but in how I view life, my worldview on things, my political view on things. Um, I have learned so much from her, but I spent so many years trying to lead her yeah. and yes, leadership is important. And yes, that's my calling. And, and, but it's so easy to, at least for me, it was so easy to get wrapped up in what does that look like? Yeah. That it just became about leadership and, and it, it's really been especially over the last 15 months that I've really just tried to learn. Yeah. And I think maybe somehow um, when your disposition towards something is to learn about it, um, maybe you learn how to lead better. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's like Jesus, it's servant leadership. Yeah. Right. Cause you're serving her yeah. by loving her and getting to know her and really, really, being, you know, intentional about your love for her and how, and your words, like you said, even just learning new vocabulary around this, you know? Yeah. And, um, so there's, you're serving your wife and in that you're leading her, you know, Jesus didn't come and, 
you know, he washed people's feet. (laughs) I mean, he came as a baby, right? So I, I think that's true. What you just said, um, learning about someone and learning about yourself is, is where you start. I think we think leaders know everything, you know, they're perfect. (laughs) We're we're going through a time right now where that seems to be the case. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So they're perfect and they know everything and it's like, well, that is just not real. So, um, gosh, I just want to thank you for your transparency and your vulnerability to share your story and, can I just pray for you before we hang up? Absolutely. I would yeah. love that. Thank you. Yeah. Father God, thank you for Josh. Thank you for his love for Rachel. Thank you for his love for his kids and just for his vulnerability here and sharing his story. And Father, I just ask that you would be with him on this journey that will continue um, his whole life, but just that you will continue to give him revelation and show him how to be a good leader and that often that comes from surrendering what we think we know. And so I just ask for a blessing over him, over Rachel, over their marriage, over their children. And also, Lord, I just ask a blessing for all husbands um, as they navigate marriage. It's not easy. And women are complex creatures and men are too. So Lord, we just ask for you to come into marriages, um, whoever's listening to this and, and maybe struggling in their marriage, Lord, we ask you to give them hope. We ask you to give them, through this story, a glimpse of what's possible, a glimpse of transformation and of just the power of um, being willing to take a good look at what's really going on and um, learn, listen and learn. And um, so, Lord, just bless Josh and, and anyone who's listening that needs to hear this story, um, that they would know that they're not alone and that there is hope and there is help and that um, you long for us to just grow in communion with one another as married people. And so um, we just lift up all marriages to you, Lord, and we thank you for the good men, um, good fathers, good husbands like Josh. And we're just so appreciative that... Um, that we get to hear stories like this, redemptive stories, Lord, and they're yours yeah. and we're grateful. So in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. It was so awesome. Thank you for.